Due to unforeseen circumstances of COVID-19, the next few episodes are recorded remotely, but don't let this put you off. Please stay tuned and subscribe to the podcast. Hello, and welcome to How to Survive Your Twenties. I'm the host, Holly Etheridge, and creator of this podcast. Being in your twenties can bring about a lot of uncertainty, a period of our lives where we experience a lot of change and self-development, a huge transition from being a teenager to, well, an adult. This is a podcast about the struggles of being in your twenties, the ups and downs, and everything in between. A podcast designed to celebrate change and our successes and understand that not everyone has it sussed out and that it is totally okay to struggle and not know where you're heading in life. My guest this week is a very good friend and gym partner of mine, Sam. In her 20s, Sam began studying for a law apprenticeship when suddenly had a change of heart and took her career off in a completely different direction. She went into occupational therapy and hasn't looked back since. Sam came out of a long-term relationship heartbroken, but found herself practising a lot of self-care to get her through, and found her passion for travelling. She made it her mission to visit every continent before turning 40. Hi lovely, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, hon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm really excited about this as well. (laughs) I'm still shocked (laughs) to hear, Sam, that you're not like 25, because I remember when we met and we got talking, I was like, but you have a baby face. What? <laughs> you can maybe talk us through your skin regime. You know what? <laughs> I can't even take full credit. It's all my parents, 100%. They've got young, youthful genes. So kudos to them is all I can say. <laughs> oh, so let's get stuck in because I feel like mm-hmm. we have plenty to talk about. And yeah. I know that when we gym, we don't really get we don't get the work done we do we try come on we really do try and we, <laughs> we bust do. out some things but in between that we do bust out a lot of chat at the same time <laughs> we do we literally just <laughs> chat and laugh and then as soon as we I don't know as soon as someone approaches us we're like yeah we're done girls you're right yeah yeah let's, yeah. let's wrap this up let's go and get a coffee it's like all oh, right one more rep so funny coffee? but true yeah. <laughs> 100% oh, I do love you so let's talk career because I find you yeah. so interesting. I love um, hearing about Bless your you. job. Um, you began studying a law apprenticeship in your 20s. Yes. As you wanted yeah. to fight justice. But when you got into it, you realised that it wasn't for you. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so it was like a, it was a criminal law firm that I got into. Actually, my sister worked there as a paralegal and then she got me um, a job just as a receptionist. So I was just answering the phone, doing with the mail, um, greeting clients and so on and so forth. And then uh, over the time of me working there, this apprenticeship had come up. And I'd by that time, I'd been there for about eight months as a receptionist and they sort of offered it to me. Um, so I thought, OK, that's great. I'll go for it. Let's give it a go. So I worked as like a a paralegal assistant while I was doing my apprenticeship but as the cases were coming in and I would have to like dictate all the cases as in type them all out um, for the solicitors but as I was doing that the cases that I was coming across it just made me feel very uncomfortable something just didn't sit right with the way I sort of believe in my life and I feel like if someone's committed a crime regardless 
they need to just do the time, you know, if they're yeah. guilty for it. Um, it like your gut feeling being like, this isn't right. 100%. And I was like, I, I don't know if I've, I would have had the the guts or the mentality to want to defend somebody who I knowingly knew was guilty and then having to say oh no they're not and then that poor person who is the, on the other side is trying to say no this person did x y and z I'm trying to defend them and say no they didn't when I know full well they've admitted that they did do it and I just couldn't I just it couldn't work I couldn't do it so and your aim was to get them off on a lesser charge and I'm like well that's just it's I found it hypocritical and I just think if you're guilty you're guilty and that's that so I kind of wanted to move away from that as quickly as I could because I thought that's just not how my heart is yeah um so I kind of was looking at all other avenues to just move yeah, away from it absolutely yeah. and my sister was so great she kind of knew that's why she she just does done paralegaling because she didn't want to actually defend all those people either it didn't sit right for her so I was like I actually have to get out of this field this sort of sector because I just don't want to remain in that kind of a vibe where you have to be potentially quite negative in order to get a, an outcome that you want even though it's a negative outcome if that makes sense yeah like positive for that person that we're defending but I would walk away feeling quite negative thinking I've just got that person off with a sentence for five years when really he should have been doing 10 years that kind of thing yeah um yeah it was just horrible so I, I just never really around. think about that but that's such an interesting point yeah. isn't it yeah I don't think and I'd, I'd sleep at night oh my god 100% imagine taking that home with you you know and all sorts of cases were coming in that you know there was murder there was rape there was lots of misconduct um with certain professionals um and you just have to try and get them off like it's the aim is just win the case yeah as, as best you can so even getting them off on a lesser sentence a solicitor would class that as a win so a lesser sentence could be like a hefty fine for example and I'm like what is that in the grand scheme of things just pay you know just paying your money paying a fine but then that other person that's had the wrong done to them that's a lifetime of like trauma and pain that they're going to have to experience yeah, cool. so that sort of stuff I was like I can't do that I couldn't be that kind of person yeah um, I guess yeah. in a sense it's kind of like acting because even if inside you're mm. like this isn't right you're there yeah. fighting it yeah completely oh completely wow. there's so many and I mean when I was chatting to a lot of the solicitors so many of them were like chauvinistic or very arrogant because that's kind of the attitude you have to go in with like I'm going to win this full stop kind of attitude and I will do whatever it takes to do that yeah and so it's that kind of personality traits that I was like oh that's just not me um yeah I mean and power to those people who do do it and there are a lot of solicitors out there that don't have that work ethic and they work so hard to help those people get where they need to get and I you know completely respect that I've got lots of family members and friends that are solicitors and they do really good work um it was just that particular firm that I worked for because it was on the defense um the criminal defense it was it was different I think maybe if I'd gone into a different part of law I may have got more satisfaction or felt more comfortable in that area of yeah. speciality but definitely not criminal law was just not my bag yeah but this is the beauty yeah. of like 
in your 20s being able to experiment mm. like you've got a bit not oh, that yeah. you haven't got time later on but it's a period isn't yeah. it where you're like okay this hasn't worked out what's next what do I want to yeah, do yeah definitely and I think I was only like 20 or 21 at the time so I had Baby. a whole load of time yeah I had so much time to just sort of figure out what my goals are and where I kind of want to go so that was kind of good and I'll always be thankful for that experience um to have put myself through that and to see actually no it's just not for me not yeah. at all so you went on yeah. into occupational therapy yeah so that I mean this is just my life passion this was meant to be for me even though You've never when I first back. applied oh my god 100% never look back never not one second this is me through and through I was meant to be a caregiver in some capacity um I never even knew what OT was when I first applied because I when I called up the universities I, I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I thought that was my avenue and I'd got quite a lot of ex um, work experience and I was shadowing a lot of primary schools and things and nursery schools um, to see what kind of age group I wanted to work in and I thought oh yeah reception is kind of my thing sort of five six when they're starting to learn the alphabet and their name and loads of other like make sentences and things like that and social dynamics in terms of the group friends that's kind of what I wanted to do so when I phoned up the uni I was like oh this is what I want to do blah 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 blah. I was very sure about it and then the young woman on the phone was like oh we don't have any spaces for teaching but we've got occupational therapy and I was like oh well what's that I've never even heard of it before that was my first <laughs> words to her wow. and she was like oh it's a lot like teaching it's teaching health and I'm like oh okay so I'll just be teaching health to people <laughs> oh okay so I thought okay great it's still teaching just in a different avenue well I mean my goodness I had no idea like until I got on the course I didn't realize it was a, a medical degree I was literally beside myself in tears every day. Really? I literally was not coping. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. The first semester, I was like, what the hell is going on? I didn't understand what if the information was being given to me, what was expected of me. I mean, never done a degree, so I didn't understand anything about research. Like, I was clueless, and there was so much anatomy and physiology. I thought, I'm going to fail every module. I don't know what I'm doing. And my mum was like oh my god if it's causing you too much like pressure or stress like maybe this isn't the avenue for you and my mum's always raised me and my siblings to be like look if we're going to put our mind to something even if we think we're not going to be successful at it she'd much rather us try and do give a hundred percent knowing that we failed trying oh, rather than yeah. just giving up yeah she goes I'd be so much prouder in you if you failed trying rather than not rather than just giving up and my dad's very much got that same mentality as well so I thought no like okay fine if I and I kind of resigned to the fact that I thought oh yeah I'm definitely going to fail this is it but at least if I can say let me put my whole heart and soul into failing which is not yeah. a bad thing it's still a success in my eyes of and I course. thought at least I can say I've given it everything because I will definitely learn from it yeah. so anyway I did that and i barely sort of scratched through the first year and all the while I was going through I didn't understand why I wasn't understanding and I wasn't picking it up and da, 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 da. and then I went to a disability advisor because I said I don't know what's going on with me I don't know why I'm sitting at the front of the lecture hall I'm taking it all in I'm writing all the notes but nothing is coming out in the exam or in my co final coursework piece I don't know how it's not clicking in for me 
And then she did some testing and said she thought I was dyslexic. So she referred me to a psychologist and I had to do like this six hour assessment. So it was really full on, really quite emotional. Um, And he sort of diagnosed me with like severe to moderate dyslexia. But that kind of. No, I never knew. Throughout the whole of my school life, everything, I didn't understand why I wouldn't always get really good grades when I was like, everyone classed me as a goody two shoes because I would just be sitting there doing my work. But if it wasn't coming out on paper how it should have been, there's obviously like a missing link. So then once I'd got that, yeah, it was like really, really hard. So then once I got that, it, it was almost like she opened the door and that psychologist just blew my mind away. Um, and it opened so many avenues. They were giving me all the lecture notes beforehand. I was given a dictaphone to record all my lectures. Like I was given so much support and a laptop and the colour of the screen was even changing my way of processing information. And I can't tell you, in the second year and third year of doing OT, I just excelled because I I was, it was like I was learning for the first time in my life. You're such and a clever such a, bean anyway. So you just need. I have my moments. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what is this? What is that? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I I busted my gut. It was still real hard journey, but because I was able to use these other coping strategies to figure out how to put my thoughts onto paper, I literally just I can't imagine. I don't. I mean, sometimes I'm still outstanding at the fact that I actually done that degree and I managed to pass everything and like got myself very impressive. a science degree so very impressive. bless you I mean I know there are lo- imagine all those people out there that probably have dyslexia to a certain level or whatever but don't know so haven't got the tools or feel embarrassed even a lot of people feel embarrassed to say they're dyslexic so probably wouldn't even ask to get the tools to be able to unlock all that goodness that's in their brain do you know what yeah. I mean it's all just sitting there waiting to be used um yeah so that's what got me through it and I absolutely loved the degree I just was went from almost failing thinking oh my god I'm going to leave this course not getting through the first year to excelling and absolutely loving it and there was loads of practical placements in that degree and I just had the best time learning I I fell in love with learning for the first time so so it was just yeah you know what I take from that I take from that like in, in any situation and especially within career and education sometimes mm. you think that you're failing but you it's persistence isn't yeah. it persistence is key absolutely it was meant to be for you yeah yeah like I completely. think when you phoned up and there was no teaching available but she mm. you know suggested OT she I feel like that was your that path way. yeah yeah and even absolutely. you could have thrown the towel in and been like I'm not getting oh. this I give up yeah but luckily absolutely. you kept in there and then look so I that's such a nice message, like, isn't it, for anybody listening? Like, 100%, listening. like never give up because you just don't know how much you can even surprise yourself by thinking, oh, OK, I've got this condition or something that is not working. I'm just going to give up because it's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah. But I'm actually, if you just keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself, you will be so surprised with what you can achieve, regardless Definitely. of what, whether you have a learning disability or not. It's just having that motivation to keep yeah. going for it. And if you so, fail, then you learn from yeah. that anyway. And it's not oh a failure, like you said. No, failure develops you even further. Yeah, big time, big time. It just all it would do is just every failure opens another door. So yeah, if you can remember that you've learned something from that sadness or whatever that unsuccess was, 
it will give you another pathway to something else. Yeah. And so I feel like I've always had that kind of mentality. And I get that from my parents. They've always sort of said that. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. Get back up because there'll be something else waiting for you. Oh, that's so, so kind. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, nice. it's been, it's, that was a bit of a roller coaster for me, but I made it. <laughs> yeah. So would you say like in your 20s, finding your career was not mm. straightforward, obviously, because you had your battles, but you kind of fell into what you did yeah. and it's worked for you yeah yeah oh my god absolutely I feel like lots of people including myself have just battled through finding out what it what what your purpose is and what you do enjoy oh yeah definitely oh my god completely so what by the time I finished the degree I was I was 25 so I went to uni a lot later than everybody else and I thought oh my god I'm only just starting my career but my god it was the right time for me I think if I'd gone to uni younger and qualified earlier I don't think I would have had the mental maturity to have got through the stresses that I went through when I was slightly older if that makes sense I'm the same so I went go, to uni yeah I went to uni mm. a bit later and I always say that I always think because yeah. when I first arrived I thought god I'm so much older than everyone but actually I was yeah. more mature I wasn't the one always actually no I was always the one being sick and <laughs> drunk but <laughs> I'm like there's all those like one that, isn't there so mature <laughs> uh, I don't know if I was but still I probably would have been worse <laughs> but um oh, bless you. yeah I do yeah. think going a little bit later I think everyone mm. has um like everyone thinks that they have this blueprint that they must follow but actually yeah. the timing is right for different people like things slot into place and it's Absolutely. that's how it's meant to happen whereas we're all oh in a gosh, rush yeah. to kind of find you know our purpose then what's the whole bloody point exactly it's almost like I've got this life I've got to try and fit in all these things before the finish line and it's like okay so the uh, one thing that we know for certain is that we have a starting line and we've got a finishing line so everything in between is completely uncertain but you have to just go with the flow those things will be presented to you at the time of when you're supposed to have it I'm a real believer of that like fate is so real it's meant to be when it's meant to be um so I think having that patience and believing that kind of attitude it will just yeah. slot in yeah sure. I, I feel the same I think like that too but I think when you're in that period like in your 20s because mm. I think that's like you know that time where you're developing yeah. and finding out who you are and what you want mm-hmm. sometimes it gets really tough because you're like I'm not seeing results I, I'm very yeah. lost I don't know who I am do you know what I mean so it's like it yeah, can definitely. feel like a big weight on your shoulders oh my god completely because I think during your 20s well definitely for me you're going through this whole um identity crisis because you're trying to make a stance in the world and figure out who you are where you want to be and how you're going to try and get to that goal and that can be so scary like mentally physically emotionally like how how do you manage to juggle all these balls and become an adult basically I think your 20s is when you're trying to be an adult in this big you know big wild world um it's hard it's really really hard it is, um, so I, yeah. I was fortunate enough that it happened for me by the time I was like mid-20s um yeah so going on from career mm-hmm. let's talk yeah. about relationships because <laughs> <laughs> yes. you are so inspiring you're my little like <laughs> single independent woman that I look back to and I'm like living the dream so great yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was funnily enough like when I was at uni I did meet someone which was a completely 
unex, you know, unexpected because I thought I was going to go there just to study and that's it. I even said, I, I even went as far as saying to myself, I'm not even going to make friends. I'm just here to get my education and get out. But obviously that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say hello to someone and have a chat? That's it. It's done. <laughs> and you know what I'm like, I could be there for hours chatting away to people. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so I did meet someone at uni, was doing the same course. And so we were pretty much together for the whole of the degree. Um, but we bet got you were. Sorry. But I yeah. bet you were. <laughs> Purely to study. Yeah, no, I just had. <laughs> so we were together throughout uni. And then we, at, at the end of uni, we was like, oh my goodness, we've got to apply for jobs. And I remember all my lecturers were saying, apply, start applying six months before you finish university. Oh, so, in yeah. the hope that by the time you've done your interview and got all your references and everything's gone through with um, all the security checks and everything it will be in time for when you've just graduated so you'll have a go straight into a job so we was all applying and then there was a sudden thought like I was like what do I do what do I do because he was like oh where do we apply where do we apply and then we're like oh my god there's not going to be a place that's going to have both of us there blah 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 and then anyway we just looked and there was um a hospital that was employing more than one therapist so we thought let's just apply let's just see what happens not thinking that anything we may not even got it or blah 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 and we both went to the interview um and we both got it so we were very lucky um that we both got our first jobs in the same hospital How long so we were there we been together at this point so time? throughout the whole of uni so we, we were together for three years and oh, then wow. yeah so then we got our jobs um in the same hospital and so then we were working together um and it was great I was like oh my goodness we're living our life like I felt like such an independent lady doing our doing our thing um and we had the best time so we were together for like another three years um before sort of it ended so, so basically I, <laughs> sorry six in total six years in total yeah. so we were we so in those three years for two years we were working in that same hospital and then we both kind of done all our what we call core rotations so when you first qualify you want to do a rotational post which means every six months you work in a different speciality area within one trust so we've done all our core rotations so that would be like orthopedics would be one pediatrics would be another amputations or like elderly care so you get a good overall idea of being an OT in each speciality area so that by the time you've done that when you then jump to the next band in management you would have an idea of whatever you then want to specialize in indefinitely so that's the idea of how it works so then I was like oh okay I don't really know what I wanted to do so then there was another post in a hospital in London because we both went to a hospital outside of London so the one in London did a similar thing for the next level of management but it was still rotational because I still hadn't figured out what I wanted to do and I thought well this will be great I can learn some management skills but still go into different speciality areas and until I figure out what I want to do so I had spoken to him about it and I said let me just apply and see I probably won't get it anyway so I just that was the only job I applied to and I literally just got it straight away so I was very surprised and it all sort of became quite real was like oh okay so I'm now moving back to London this is weird like we're now going to have to have a long distance relationship 
So then he was like, oh, okay, because he kind of thought it wasn't going to go through. I thought it wasn't going to go through. So we were both just kind of just chilling along. Um, And then he's like, okay, things have got to change. So then he started looking for other jobs and started applying. Um, And then he found a job in London as well. But both our jobs are in either end of London. So his was like in North London. And and my job was like West London. Which isn't a problem really, is it? Like in terms of long distance, that's not far. It's not far, no, but I think it was the first time we were being apart. Right. We'd never been apart. So it for us felt like, and when you're in your 20s, you feel like, oh my God, it's like being the other end of the <laughs> yeah. world. Exactly. So it was just, it was crazy. So we were both like devastated. I mean, we got over ourselves, oh. obviously. So he then got his job like a few months after. So it was a period of like four months. But then he eventually moved over and got his job. So then in that year, he he then we were making it work as best we could. Um, and he then proposed. So then we was engaged for a year. Um, and then things I wanted to obviously we've been engaged for a little while. And I thought, OK, well, we need so you're to You're quite young to be engaged, weren't you? Yeah. So I was 27. But I mean. I guess that wasn't too oh, yeah. young. No, and also, what yeah. is young anyway? Like, I yeah. So it, I it was it was interesting. So then, yeah. So then we got engaged. She took me to Rome, like proposed in the Tower of Pisa. It was all oh. so romantic. It was beautiful. Um, and so then, yeah. But that kind of then became a turning point. So we were engaged in that year. Um, I was like, things were a little bit. I don't know what's the word there was a lot of frictions because I guess we were still working a little bit apart and then I was being torn because my family wanted me to come to all these social events and it was it was just what he was being pulled by his family for different social events so like our time place, together like wrong time kind of yeah thing. exactly timing just wasn't great for us and it was just kind of we weren't seeing each other as much and from going from going from seeing each other all the time to then sporadic times and then a lot of the times being on the phone it, it is going to grind like grind on you a little bit and we were both feeling yeah. a bit you know frustrated with that so that was like for a year and but we got through it and we were working our way through it um I then got another job which was a little bit closer so we you know things were we were working things out and everything sort of was starting to get back on track again so it was great and then just out of nowhere things were sort of great for like three four months and then out of nowhere he decides to you know we we were both at work it was lunchtime we we always call each other at lunchtime and catch up and everything was great and it's like oh I love you I love you too I'll see I'll speak to you later blah 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 and then at the end of the day when I finished work I got all my staff and I had a voicemail and he's like oh um it's me just to let you know I've left you um I've emailed you a letter and I was like, oh, that's peculiar. And, I, and then I thought to myself, he's he's always been a bit of a romantic. And I thought, oh, maybe he sent me like a little love letter, like something really sweet and cute. So I was like, oh, I was so excited. And then I couldn't wait. I was so I hadn't left the office just then. And I just couldn't wait. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got to read what he's like sent me. I was so excited. Anyway, he decided to dump me via email oh whilst God, I was still in the office. Oh, you're breaking my heart. That's yeah, awful. so that was like a full on... I don't know how many pages email 
And I just remember saying to myself, I was reading it, trying to read it, but my eyes were welling up so much with so many tears that I couldn't see the words on the page properly because my eyes were filled with so many tears. So I was trying to really like breathe through it and concentrate and wipe my face off. And a couple of my colleagues at work were like, are you all right? Are you all right? And I'm like, uh, I can't even speak. So I literally just went home. Um, and I, the, the email made no sense. It's like, you know, when someone's brain is so jumbled and then all their thoughts just come out on the paper but yeah. doesn't make any sense that's basically what he'd put on on his email to me and my sister was great she was so supportive she came home because I called her straight away because I was living with my sister um she left work straight away hadn't even finished her day and just came home and just hugged me and it was so I really needed that because I was just so depleted I was exhausted from just crying and I couldn't understand what was going on um and we tried to talk it out Why and for whatever email? reason in his yeah I know he first of all he avoided me for four months when I tried to get, get into contact with him um so wouldn't like I was I was just like in my head okay fine if he's done what he's done that's it he's broken the trust between us I just need to get closure so that I can heal and start of healing course. so closure for those four months oh my god for those four months I couldn't get through to him at all like he wasn't answering his phone wasn't responding to emails blah 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 so then I gave up my sister's like you know what you're not going to get it the fact that he hasn't responded maybe you have to take that as your way of closure but in my head because it was so out of the blue we went from telling each other that we loved each other that day to the next minute being you know him ending the relationship I couldn't connect those dots like everything was absolutely fine so then anyway four months later then messages me saying oh I'm on holiday in Greece blah 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 and I just was thinking about you and I was like what what am I supposed to do with that yeah like after not honestly, hearing from him yeah 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 and I think he obviously had read all the emails and stuff and then he was like okay fine if you want to meet that's that's fine so then I had written in that four months I'd written a letter so the way in which I wanted to start healing was okay I'm not going to get that face to face to say you know what I really think mm-hmm. um I wrote everything down all my feelings all my emotions of what I wanted to say like how dare you why would you do this all of that stuff I put it all in a letter and then what I was going to do was just like burn it symbolize it's done it's out in the world I've let it go and then he just contacted me as I'd finished writing the letter and I was like oh okay so then we met I thought let's just hear what he has to say he didn't really have anything to say so I just I read the letter out my letter out to him um, and that was really, really hard because when I was reading back all my emotions and all the pain, it was just like it was brewing up in me so much because it was yeah. so raw. Um, but I was like, no. how you, interesting how you wrote and then he like yeah. got in touch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I was just like, I feel like things are happening for a reason. He was meant to hear those words like because they weren't nice words. They're like, you know, when you're so cut up, it's like the worst words you can imagine. All of that emotion was there. So I felt actually surprised how I felt. Like after I'd read that letter and I was crying my eyes out when I said it. But I thought you need to see this and feel the weight of your, you know, the consequences of your actions that you put upon me. Um, I it's actually kind of walked like away. He ran away from it, isn't it? Like yes, he kind of definitely. Dumped it all and then ran away. But yeah, I guess you that's were both exactly so what you did as well. In like, yeah, in his defense, you know, you're both 
quite young. He was. He just didn't know how to handle emotion. I didn't know how to handle emotion. And we both tried to figure out the best way. For me, it was writing it out. For him, it was walking away. So everyone processes these things in a very different way. So once I said that, I walked away and I felt emotionally drained. But also I thought, oh, my God, now I can now I can heal. It was like an instant relief. I got it off my shoulders to then start looking at self-care and like healing myself. And I was getting, you know, I was, my friends were great. They were giving me all these books and, and I just, that was the first time I, oh, well, I was never even into self-help books until my friends like sent me this book. And there's this one book that I just forever love. And I still go back to it because that's the beauty of self-help books is that at any time, any kind of trauma, any kind of difficulty in your life, you can always go back to a self-help book to help you get through that chapter um so I yeah, did you can a lot just keep reading them can't you like you don't Absolutely. if you've read it once it doesn't matter you can go back and read it so yeah. I feel like I process things differently as well depending on yeah. where I am in life and what's going yeah. on yeah so I'll pick Completely. a book up and even though I've read it I'm like oh I've taken something different from it this time yes exactly scary. and it's all about how you how emotionally in tune you are at that time yeah during that point of that moment and it's just yeah they literally revolutionized my life and my way of thinking and and not feeling like oh my god I'm not alone this is perfectly normal because there are times where you feel like heartbreak is hard how can anyone understand it do you know what I mean it's like do you think you'd be a completely different person had you not gone through that oh, oh my god completely if I if we hadn't have split up we probably would have got married I would have had a dozen kids because I'm obsessed with kids and then I would have got divorced so <laughs> I, <laughs> I so would have been like this that. hot <laughs> divorced mother like with a dozen kids on her hips like you know it would have been a different situation <laughs> it's really funny that I'm visualizing this really well <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like crazy I wouldn't have been a gym goer that's for sure no um, I wouldn't have my gym I wouldn't have the time. anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh I know and and then who knows maybe me and you might have not have met could you imagine oh god see everything for reason Sam this oh, breakup yeah. led you to me and definitely that's it that was my life body. plan <laughs> <laughs> my life plan was that I had to meet Holly at some point <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah so definitely goodness all around yeah it completely changed me like my life is I don't even know it's just on a whole other level of like goodness that I'm so so I'm so thankful for that breakup we we definitely weren't meant to be yeah together compatible and it's yeah. funny that you say like we would have had kids and then we would have divorced it's like you know it wasn't yeah. right <laughs> for sure but and it's purely because of how he behaved in that whole process and how I reacted to that behavior that made me think whoa maybe we weren't I mean we called each other soulmates and stuff and and for the most part of our relationship we had a great time we were like having a blast our relationship was great but I think I have to just take it for what it was at that time because when the real stuff happened and you know going through a breakup of a relationship that's when I could see you know the actual traits of what it would be like to deal with someone of course if we went yeah. through a significant event do you know what I mean? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, it shows a lot about a person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot about a person. Would you definitely. say this is the hardest thing you overcome? You overcame in your twenties. Oh my god, definitely, one million yeah. percent. 
because I was with him for like most of my 20s so by the time we ended I I would I just turned 28 so that was like my I felt like my 20s had gone um although it hadn't but in my at that time I was like oh goodness it's all gone but it was a massive learning curve for me for sure yeah for sure the thing a lot of people say when they come out of a relationship oh I've wasted my time whereas I think well no don't view it like that because you've learned so much about yourself Mm. about other people about relationships Mm. it's not you can only get that lesson don't you think like afterwards like once you've got hindsight and once you've had the healing because when it at the time of when it happens, you will definitely feel like, oh, my God, I've wasted my life. I've wasted yeah, my years, completely. blah, 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 until you are reflected and healed on it. Then you're like, oh, OK, it wasn't a waste. Yeah. yeah. I remember you saying that you um, embarked on a few travels after this happened. Was that like in yeah. aid of like finding yourself and oh my the God, relationship? 100%. And they say that. And I, I laugh at it now that people say <laughs> those um who are heartbroken go traveling or something go see the world to find themselves or whatever um yeah it just and that happened by chance it, I wasn't planning on going traveling just because I'd been heartbroken because I didn't so I met so by the time I ended with him at like 28 um I didn't go traveling until a year later so it was it was a while and it was only purely by chance that a voluntary project came up in Nepal and I thought, oh, OK, this would be lovely. Like, let me have a year of just giving back. Um, so this will be nice. It will be working in like an orphanage and like a children's school and and doing OT. So this was a new thing. So I approached a charity and said, look, I'm an occupational therapist. Could I in some way offer my skills to people there as part as, you know, doing the orphanage in the schools? And yeah. so the charity Again, was can so I just, great. Can I just interrupt? Had you not broken up with your boyfriend this probably wouldn't have happened this oh experience definitely yeah definitely. sorry <laughs> oh absolutely definitely because he wasn't a huge traveler either so we didn't really go many places and I'd always wanted to go to different countries like third world countries and so whenever we planned to go anywhere he wanted to go where where it was like commercialized or where they spoke English basically somewhere that wasn't a third world country so we I I would never have done the travels or gone to the scene, the places that I've seen if I was in a relationship with him. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, Yes, I went and did this voluntary project with my best friend. Well, at the time, she wasn't my best friend. I just met her once at work and her project fell through. She was going to Nepal, funnily enough, at the same time I was going. So when her project fell through, she joined me. And then since then, me and her have been travel buddies. We've been joined at the hip. um, And we just were going traveling backpacking everywhere year after year um yeah and then I thought I'm gonna make it my goal so it became a travel bug I got the travel bug and I was like okay well I'm gonna try and see as many countries as I can before I'm 40 and then I love that girl why don't you go to sorry I love that girl I love that you've set that for yourself I thought well why not I'm I'm single I'm living the dream I may as well. I've got the time. I'm fortunate enough to earn the money to be able to go and see these places. So why not? And then my friend was like, well, why don't you go one step bigger and just be like, travel to every continent and then put a time frame on it. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) And then I thought, oh, yeah, let me do it all before 30. But then I started traveling to all these different places and I went back to a couple of places and I thought, oh, my timeline's going to have to move because <laughs> I'm loving what I'm doing. I need to give myself, so I myself another a... 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
thought, let's be realistic here. Let's give myself another 10 years. So I thought, okay, let's do it all before 40. Oh, that's nice. I love <laughs> if, that girl. In between. Yeah, I was like, I've got to save for some of these holidays because some of them aren't going to be cheap. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to give myself time. But yeah, so I kind of like thought that would be great. And then so I kind of, I've completed that goal before I've even turned 40. So I feel very proud of myself. I'm proud for doing of that. that. That's amazing. Yeah. With two oh, years, Sam, I had I love, two years to go. So I love talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Oh, forever. I, I know. So I know. I'm sorry if I've wafted on. No, God, not on, at on, all. On. I love speaking to you, and you've given such words of wisdom. You're such an intelligent oh, little bless being. You. Just to wrap this up, <laughs> what's the best advice yes. you can give for those in their twenties, oh, maybe struggling? What's your advice? Yeah. I would just be like, whatever you're doing, whatever you're putting your mind to, even if you feel like this is not going to work, keep going because you just don't know how you're going to turn out by the end of it. And it could be the greatest success you've ever had. Even if it's a failure, you've come out with some juicy learning. So it's always going to open another door for you. Definitely. Just don't give up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. And what's the best (laughs) podcast and best book you can recommend? So my favourite podcast at the moment is um, a guy called Jay Shetty. I absolutely adore him. I I listen to everything. Oh, my God. This man just I come away from his podcast feeling so inspired and so like in the Zen as well, because he talks all about self-care, healing, financial abundance, like spirituality, like faith, like all topics. And he interviews like people from all all over different affluential backgrounds like even people who are like celebrities or movies like it talks about their journey and how it wasn't easy to where they got dealing with anxiety depression everything you can imagine he's just like a life skill presenter and I just love that yeah and I think really he was good. a monk at one time as well he really? studied yeah he became a, I think he was a monk at first and then from that it's just like so much goodness that he gives it's unreal so I love his podcast I would definitely recommend people having a listen if they've got the time to yeah. Jay Shetty for sure I need to listen to a few more actually because I know I've, I've heard a few but I've kind of mm. yeah I've he's done some new ones as well which I need to tap into what um, and what's your best my, book my best book so this is the first ever self-help book that I was ever given after when my you breakup spoke, you spoke about Yes. So this is called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I think it feels like that's my mantra in life. And that's how I've managed to be able to get through with all the decisions that I make in my life. That book is just phenomenal. And and I've gone back to that book so many times. And it's like what you're saying. Sorry? Who's it by? Who's it by? I can have to find it. It's a famous oh, doctor. I'm sure if you put it into yeah, but I mean it's anyone so put it in. it's so amazing. Like it's just full of great stuff by a lady called Susan Jeffers. So it's well Susan worth Jeffers. having a little read. So every time I've gone through anything in my life, I pick up that book, and it's almost like it's the first time I'm reading it again and again and again. If that makes sense, because for whatever situation you're in, you get a different meaning. Yeah. So I found that book to be brilliant. So if anyone's looking for a good book, feel the fear and do it anyway. Well, I'm adding that to my list. That's for sure. Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so great talking to you. Thank you oh, for being thank on the you. podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for asking me. I do apologize if I've gone on and on and on. No, but not at all. I find, you know what I'm like, I can't help myself. It's been lovely, <laughs> it really has. <laughs>